a chance. Yanmark down the middle, scores! Matias Yanmark, short-handed goal. From the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. Puck comes out high, Watt gets the puck, off to the races, into the zone, the righty, right circle, backhander, he scores! What a move! Nicholas Watt gets the Knights back in the lead! is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Welcome in Vegas, Golden Knights Insider Show, Fox Sports Las Vegas. Wallace Millard out here at T-Mobile Arena, Section 104, getting you set for Vegas and Vancouver later on tonight. Chris Chapman back inside the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas Studios. Finley Chevrolet on the 215. Home of the... Woo! Oh, last night was not what we wanted from an out-of-town scoreboard perspective, but this evening is much better because <laughs> it's all up to the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, no... Wishing, no hoping, just it's uh, all on the Vegas Golden Knights' shoulders to go out there and pick up the victory and beat the Vancouver Canucks. A middle game of three meetings between Vegas and Vancouver inside a nine-day stretch. It's also part of a, a big run against the Pacific Division and uh, only a couple of teams, Edmonton and Colorado, have more wins against the Pacific Division this year than the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, so that's got to figure in uh, the uh, positivity alley part of uh, the Vegas Golden Knights going up uh, in this game uh, so they can shake off everything that happened last night. I'm not even going to mention that the Stars got a shorthanded, goofy goal and the San Jose Sharks uh, built up all kinds of hope uh, for us and then we watched it uh, whittle away uh, against the Edmonton. I'm not even going to mention it. I'm just going to focus on the Vegas Golden Knights trying to keep that uh, incredible record against the Vancouver Canucks uh, intact and, and extended by a little bit. They're, they're 10-0-2 head-to-head all-time against the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, you know, it, it took you just 90 seconds to get the positivity alley, so that's yeah. a new record for you. Well done. I, I appreciate it. Uh, I'm, I'm no. offended by it. Well, I'm not offended by it. I, I just said I appreciated it, Chapman. Come on, there's got to be a better drop than that to, to go with what I'm saying here. Uh, yeah, 10-0-2 all-time against Vancouver in the regular season. Uh, I mean, it bodes well, right, for the Vegas Golden Knights to at least continue to, to bank some points. And, you know, I look at this as a great opportunity for Vegas. I, I, I've been banging the drum for a while now that I think through the Pacific Division, that's been the clearest path for the Golden Knights to get themselves into a playoff spot with a win tonight. The Vegas Golden Knights would pull to within two points of the L.A. Kings, and both teams would have 10 games left in the regular season. L.A., 86 points in 72 games played. This will be the 72nd game of the season for the Vegas Golden Knights. They can pull to 84 points, just two back of L.A. And if you told me a week and a half ago the Golden Knights would, over, would just have to overcome two points in the final 10 games, I'd have taken that all day long. Yeah, including not having to jump over uh, multiple teams in in the wild card yeah. if they win tonight. Yeah. Because the victory with the two points this evening against Vancouver would put them into the second wild card position, but in a type with points uh, with the Nashville Predators. I didn't see that coming either, Nashville coming back to the, to the pack like this. So uh, while Nashville has games in hand, uh, you would go into uh, the Masters weekend with – 
a tie for the wild card spot, the mm-hmm. first position, and you'd be a couple of points out of a, a top three spot in in the Pacific with still a game against Edmonton, who occupies a number two. Like there's there's a lot going right if you take care of your own business, and they've been so good lately. Five wins in a row. That matches a season-high winning streak for the Vegas Golden Knights. Yep. Five wins in a row at T-Mobile Arena. That is huge because it's turned around that mid-season narrative that uh, things were getting a, a little bit uh, stumbly here at the Fortress. Not the case anymore. And the impressive part about what Vegas has been able to do during this stretch and more specifically here at T-Mobile Arena is they've scored goals. Mm-hmm. They don't have all their top players in the lineup, but at home, they've been able to fill up the net, which has taken some of the pressure off the goaltending. They're going to need the goalies down the stretch. But if they can continue to give themselves the odd night where they don't have to win 3-2 in overtime, then that's a a huge bonus when it comes to just uh, decreasing the mental strain. I, and I look at this game as as one where you you look at what happened the last two to, the last time that these two teams met and the Vancouver Canucks coming back from a two nothing deficit. I, I would make the argument that if the Golden Knights are able to get out to an early lead in this game, uh, they're going to be looking for that next goal and that next goal. I, I look at this as as kind of a prime opportunity or a prime uh, moment for the Golden Knights to make this game as close to a no doubter as possible. If you get a lead, you've got to really step into the Vancouver Canucks because this is a team that that regardless of who is or isn't in the lineup I don't think there's any quit in Vancouver I don't think this is a team that's just going to roll over and and play dead so you're going to have to really take their will in this game and if the Golden Knights put themselves in a position to do so then I I think we're going to see one of those games where maybe they put four five six on the board Uh, they've they've shown a, a penchant for doing it here and they've shown a penchant for doing it against Vancouver in the regular season throughout their history I don't know. Vancouver's a fickle team. And they're they're a team that could easily come out and lay an egg. And sure. where's my proof on that? We're like every team's got pride. Every team wants to go out and and fight until the very end, but Vancouver at home on Sunday mm-hmm. with an equally desperate situation staring them in the face against the Vegas Golden Knights were awful in the first period. And they heard about it Mm -hmm. from their coach and from hockey operations and from the media and the fan base. They were terrible to start that game. Does that happen again tonight? Like, You'd like to think that that Vancouver wouldn't roll over and you'd have to uh, go through the front door, but... I don't know. And my preference, you know what that is. That's yeah, uh, no. catch a team on an off night and, and uh, skate your way through the evening on a, on a nice little uh, beautiful snowy evening through the forest enjoying all the sights and sounds of nature. That's what I want. I want a yeah. beautiful night. And I, I'll, give, I'll give you my percentages on this. It's, it's probably 80-20 against that. But the twenties higher than you think in this situation. This is a this is a group that's had some some real challenges this year and some serious high points. When they made the coaching change, it was a different group. They yeah. were dead, done, finished when Bruce Boudreaux came in. Yeah. Different story since then. But in the last couple of 
weeks, maybe a month, when things have got tight, mm. garbage time turns into reality time where, oh, we, got, we can actually do this. We got to win it. They haven't been as good. So can, can Vegas take advantage of that part, that a team that uh, was great when they were thought to be out of it but is wilting a little bit under the pressure? Let's hope so. Uh, that's such an interesting concept because the, the read that I have on the Vancouver Canucks is that they're just running out of steam, right? Like this is a team that had to dig themselves out of such a massive hole to start the season that once you've been playing at that clip and and they've been at a, a 0.622 points percentage since the coaching change yeah you have to have a lot of things go your way you have to really be dialed in and then to get to a point where you got 10 or 12 games left and you and you just don't have anything more to give because you've given everything just to get yourself to a point where you're you're within striking distance i, I just feel like to me the Vancouver Canucks are running out of gas. Yeah. They're just running out of gas. And, and you know, a lot of Canadian teams, I would make the argument, that because there were longer pauses or longer shutdowns or you had to cram more games in in February and March and April, it's been very, very condensed for those teams that you're, you're seeing it catch up with some guys. And they, they did a great job through the most condensed part of the season. Sure. But it takes a, it takes a toll, right? Like. We've we've seen it. We've witnessed how condensed the schedule can be and how much it can take a toll. That's why when we look at the Dallas Stars and what they have to go through in April, we're not counting those points for games in hand. Why is it different when we talk about Vegas emptying the tank and then getting in the playoffs and still being dangerous as opposed to Vancouver who's emptying the tank and running out of gas? That's what people are wondering right now. You, you, you guys, you, you say Vegas is going to be able well, – it's really simple. Vancouver's on a on a four month sprint here. Yeah. Run up the block. See how long you can you can keep it going max at full effort. throttle. Max effort? No. Let let's let's see. Hey, hey, you know what? Ryan Wallace, we'll do an experiment here. Uh-huh. So you take off the headset. I want you to run to my desk on the other side of the flight deck. Yeah. Full tilt. Okay. And let me know when you start to wilt, when you start to slow down. I mean, I can get over there full tilt. Full tilt? Yeah, yeah but like I, I'm, I got a calf injury. I'm not oh, right. Yeah, you popped your calf. Yeah. I didn't know. No, I didn't Dave Shane it. That's what Vancouver's doing right now over four months. And right now, they're, they're three months into this thing, and they're nowhere close to the finish line. No. And they're out of gas. Vegas. Vegas gets to the to the finish line and then gets a reset and goes into the Stanley Cup playoffs. If if this was the final week of the season, mm-hmm. I give Vancouver a shooter's chance. Yeah. Because of goaltending and and what they've got uh, with with their talent up front. But when you still have another month to go at this pace and you and you have to jump over or compete with uh Winnipeg, Nashville, Vegas, uh the uh Dallas Stars, LA Kings. Mm-hmm. There's there's a lot of teams to, that you got to jump over. So tonight, tonight, they're already tired, and you can you can absolutely crank up the incline for them, and they're they're done. Vegas wins in regulation tonight. Vancouver's done. Yeah, which also makes things a little bit 
easier or should beware of the uh, the players that uh, that may be called up or but but next Tuesday in Vancouver that that also helps you out a little bit there yeah it it, it makes a lot of sense and again I, I think that this is one of those really key massive big games in in the Golden Knights regular season franchise history yeah. it, it, it to me feels like one of the biggest ones because it's as close to a playoff simulation as you can get right like this is a team that's looking for their sixth consecutive win but if you find two points tonight if you can beat Vancouver you essentially end their season right like you you yeah, have no. that in your back pocket that external motivation I think it's a massive game look at Ryan look at the standings right now where Vegas is yep one one point out of a playoff spot Vegas is chasing and will be either chasing or protecting a fragile lead, a small lead, the rest of the way. Sure. That's the reality. This is a weird moment for Vegas. They can go on the offensive and put somebody away. And and the more times that you're able to beat those that you're competing against, they're going to get Edmonton mm-hmm. next week. Yep. That's a huge game. They're going to get Dallas in the final week of the season, that's a huge game. These are the ones, these few specific games, when they call them four-pointers, these, I don't know what's bigger than a four-pointer, and I, I, know I always try to shy away from that expression mm-hmm. because it's, it's kind of goofy. But this is, this is a game that has significantly more importance than just the three points that are potentially available. Yeah, it's a massive game for the Golden Knights, and it's one that, as as I, I I've said, it gets them closer and closer to the team that ultimately I can see them overtaking, and that's LA. Right? We've talked about LA. We've talked about the injuries that they've been dealing with in this. You're backpack. really you're really set on on I, LA. Eh? I am. I am, and I I, I wasn't. I wasn't maybe two weeks ago. And to be and to be honest, like I was set on LA when L.A. was here last and the Golden Knights beat them. And that was a a four-point deficit, and you were looking at it objectively and saying, okay, if the Golden Knights can have a really good week, if L.A. has – if they falter in any way, you can dial up the pressure and the injuries that they're dealing with and the fact that they haven't been down a stretch like this at the end of a season in recent memory where they've had to play well to get into the playoffs. I think you can exploit that. I think you can really take advantage of that, and right now – it's bearing out that way that if you if you have if, if LA wakes up tomorrow and the Golden Knights are just two points back, that's panic mode time for the for the Los Angeles Kings. It's panic mode for Nashville too, because Vegas won't go away. It's panic yeah. mode yeah. for Dallas, yeah, because Vegas won't go away. Yeah, I, I, I know. We're, Pacific Division would be the preferred route, but. When when you're examining all these these clubs, the team the team everybody's most scared of right now is Vegas. Yeah. Not which, just about is, down the street because everybody's wondering when yeah. is it gonna happen yeah. that they're gonna add one of the big boys back. Yeah. yeah. They continue to win. Vegas continues to win with Pacioretty and Stone and Smith and Carrier and Patrick and Howden. Uh, all out of the lineup. Hag, Bersois, keep winning. When are they going to get one of the big boys back? Because when they get them back, then they're then they're taken off. So that that's why Vegas is is concerned. Not just if they 
it's not a very good spot for the opposition, but down the stretch. And I, I don't know whether any of the big boys are coming back. But I know that the narrative is out there from Dallas because I talked to somebody there today, yeah. and the first question that they asked me was, so what's up with Pacioretty and Stone? <laughs> when are they coming back? That was the first thing after hellos. Yeah. Uh, I know that should have been the first thing before hellos. That's Los Angeles. Yeah. When they were in, had a chat with my buddy. Mm-hmm. Hey, you getting anybody back? Mm-hmm. That was when Eichel was on the fence. Yeah. They, everybody's worried about Vegas potentially getting healthy and when that happens. So L.A., certainly in the sights. I, I, I'm still not counting out uh, Edmonton. Boy, what a performance that, that was last night. Uh, rally back to, to beat the San Jose Sharks. I know. And, and, and Nashville and, and, and Dallas. Show me you can run the table. It might take. There's 11 games left. Mm-hmm. It might take 9-2. and two. Nine, one and one to get in. Or it might take six and five. Yeah. Depends on, depending on, on, on where the teams go. But this is uh, in, in my, I should update these, these stats on my three series down the stretch. Don't you just With 21 need, games need, left. What, one more win? No, did, see, see, that's why I have you, to update did you, them. Did you already win the second series? No. It's, no? Okay. it's right now, they won the first series four games to three. That's correct. By winning games six and seven. Mm-hmm. Huge, huge comeback uh, for the Vegas Golden Knights. So they won that first series. They're, they're up one, one or nothing. They need to win all three series uh, down the stretch in the final 21 games. They're up three games to none wow. in series number two. Tonight, they can sweep series number two. Wow. Now, we, we don't go directly to series three. The rules, this is a bit of a different one. The rules state that we have to play all seven games of every series, whether the series is over or not. It's it's for people. Seems, have, people have tickets. They seems have, highly arbitrary they've, to they've me. They've made plans. Okay. It's, it's, it's weird. I don't make the rules, but they've made plans. Do in so, this particular instance. So they need. We thought they needed twelve wins. Tonight uh, gives them. Tonight you thought gives them, they needed twelve. Tonight wins. gives them uh, eight in the first two series, yeah. with three games to go, and that gives you. Uh, and they're just right there. In fact, they're not there. They're they're a point out. So. Having those, having been seven and three in, in the last ten, and you're and you're still not making up ground, gives you an idea of how important tonight, and then Saturday against Arizona, and then that three-game Canadian road trip through Vancouver, Edmonton, and Calgary. Let me let me ask you this question: mm-hmm. At what point do I have to answer it? Yeah. At what point do you think we know one way or another? Does it come down to the final game of the season for the Vegas Golden Knights? Very well, could yeah. I I love the idea of that, and I like I I get. Do you have any memories of of games coming down in the last uh, contest of the season? Not 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 so many, because that wasn't something that the team that the Kings did very often. They didn't make the playoffs often, so there weren't too many stretches down down the uh, the the end of the regular season where they were really really uh, needing a, a big time performance. Now I, I do. Know that there were some game that there was, there were games that you had two teams, and depending on which team won that game, that team was in and the loser was out. Like you essentially play in games, but I I would love to see what it would look like for this Golden Knights team to have to go out and win one game to get into the playoffs. 
as massive a game as you're going to get in the regular season. And you may not get that for another five, ten years. It, it might not happen. This is a unique moment in time for Golden Knights fans. And, and I've, I've loved the response for all the home games. I've loved the response for the, from the fan base in, in leaning into this uncomfortable moment and having some fun with it. Yeah, it's, it's been great. Yeah. It, it's, it's energy. It's been energy in the building. And, and like, again, I, I, I understand it's uncomfortable. I, I get it might be nervous energy, but it's still energy. It's still bringing a, a life into this building that when you have a juggernaut, when you have a team that's expected to win and does play to those expectations more often than not to a clip of 67 70% of the time, I, I think that maybe you lose a little bit of that unknown. And right now, that's what you've got as a fan base. You've got unknown. You've got a lot of different scenarios that, that can come out of these final 10 games. It's awesome. It really is. There's two ways to look at it. As a Vegas Golden Knight employee, I want the Golden Knights to be in there just chucking in the number one seed. Mm-hmm. But as a broadcaster doing both radio and the, and the television – you know as well as I do, it's a lot easier to find storylines and build up a show and and talk to the fans with this type of situation where it's every night uh, there's drama and there's uh, implications and stakes that go from period to period. That's, that's fun, and that's a bonus uh, for us to be able to, to do that. Um, a few years ago, the Islanders and the Devils. I want to say okay. the Islanders and the Devils went to a shootout. It was the final game of the season. I'm going to build this up even more. Some of this, I'm, I'm going to take uh, some uh, little bit of uh, freedom here to to dress it up a little bit. Is is this a story? This is, yeah, I guess you can say it's a story. It's story time with Millard. So it's the final game of the season. And the New York Islanders and the New Jersey Devils mm-hmm. face each other. Mm-hmm. I want to say it's around 2007. Okay. In around there. And if the New York Islanders lose, then the Toronto Maple Leafs are in the playoffs. If the New York Islanders win, uh, the New York, uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs are out, and it goes down to a shootout. Mm-hmm. Last game of the season. Devils. The entire Leaf Nation is watching, <laughs> and and the best part is, is it's the last game of the season. So Wade Dublowitz is playing goal. Do you know who Wade Dublowitz is? Name sounds familiar. Yeah, he was a journeyman goaltender. Okay. Tiny guy. Okay. Little guy. Little feller. Oh, wow. As, as my buddy Doug McLean would say. Little wow. feller. Wow. Uh, he's in goal. Comes down to a shootout. Okay. And Wade Dublowitz makes a poke check on the last shot. Mm-hmm. Islanders win. Leafs are out. <laughs> on the back of a Wade Dublowitz poke check. On the final game of the season. Yeah. You don't want that. No. No. Like, okay. I, 
I want it to come down to whether or not the Golden Knights win in a game they'll get into the playoffs. I don't want it to come down to some weird result that you need or you're rooting for the Calgary Flames to do something for you. I, I don't want it to be a you-need-help scenario and the help is going to propel you into the playoffs. I want it to come down to final game of the year, Vegas Golden Knights, they win, they're in. That would be fun. Uh, former uh, Edmonton, it was a beautiful poke check, by the way, and Sergey Breland. It was, it was awesome. Uh, Ryan Smith was also in that shoot. I mean, we're talking 2007, a yeah. long time ago. But that, ago. That, sticks, that sticks with me uh, coming down to And it was Doobie. Of course it had to do with the Leafs. The Dubinator. Yeah. Doobie. Uh, well, it's just it's one of those ones where you you don't control your own destiny. Yeah. You leave it up to somebody like Wade Dublowitz to take it away from you. That's why you got to win these games against sure. these teams and try and give yourself, if you can, some cushion. Now, there's no cushion right now. You're, you're dealing from a deficit. Mm -hmm. But if you win tonight, you got a one-point cushion, you're tied with somebody else, and you're only two back of the L.A. Kings. And the other thing is, L.A. hasn't faced any doubt for a while. Like, they've been on a nice run, yeah. even through all their injuries. Mm -hmm. Now you put some pressure on them. Yep. Just to, just make them think a little bit. And it's what I went back to earlier, like Vancouver. They were great when it was garbage time, yeah. when they had no pressure on them. Now they got they got to think a little bit. Now there's pressure. A lot easier to play. Vegas can put that kind of pressure that Vancouver's played their way into. They can put that on, on L.A. And take advantage of it. Yeah, to me, this this game is massive beyond just the context of of what you can do in, in essentially ending the season or the, at least the playoff hopes of the Vancouver Canucks. It's so important to put that pressure on LA. It's so important to put that pressure on Edmonton. Like we're, we're talking about LA just being two points back, you're you'd be three points back of the Edmonton Oilers, and you've got a game with the Edmonton Oilers. Like. That three-point deficit can become a one-point deficit or even a, a situation where the Vegas Golden Knights next week can overtake Edmonton because every team has a flaw. Every team has something that, that you can look at and say, all right, I could see the Kings dropping two straight. I could see the Edmonton Oilers dropping two or three straight. And the Golden Knights have put themselves in striking distance. It's been phenomenal. It's been really, really amazing what this team's been able to do over the course of two weeks to go from, oh, boy, this seems uncomfortable to, all right, now we're in a race. Mm -hmm. and, and it's not over if they lose tonight. No. Because the schedule is set up that they've got Arizona and then Vancouver, and then you've got the, the, the trip to Alberta. Like, it's still a good schedule. And even teams that are out of it or struggling win sometimes. That's the re what the Kraken have done in support of the Vegas Golden Knights in the last week outside of uh, the, the two positive results for Vegas. Yeah. Kraken won a couple of games against teams that uh, that Vegas needed them to, to win against. So even if even if it doesn't come up roses tonight, if you can if you can win two of the next three to finish off this little stretch, and then go into Alberta with uh, with four points tacked on onto your total, face Edmonton, face Calgary, and and go down that path, give yourself that type of opportunity. I love it. I think I think it'd be that that's realistic to me. Uh, asking them to to stretch this winning streak to eight, going into Alberta. Mm. 
you're starting to get into some dicey territory uh, where, like, 10-game winning streaks don't happen a lot. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. That doesn't sound like positivity alley to me. No, it's realistic alley. Oh, uh, that's – But you, it's, there's it's, no there's no alley that's realistic, Darren. See, I'm setting myself up for it's, positivity. It's realism road, buddy. If they only go 2-1 and one, instead of 3-0, and oh, mm-hmm. it's not the end of the world. That's what I'm setting us up for. I cannot believe – you just went and turned your back on positivity, no, Allie. No, no. Hey, you're I'm, you're choosing realism road. I don't get it. That doesn't track for you. No. You 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 live on positivity, Allie. Mm-hmm. We had a meeting at positivity Alley group today. At, at, they're going to be disappointed in you at the, at the at the office today. Yeah, it was a good solid showing. Wow. There was a lot of uh, yucking wait, it up. Wait till they get the clip of this one. Yucking it up and, and, and enjoying things. Uh, we're going to take a break. When we come back, uh, a little bit more on this game, and we'll update you on why Vegas didn't get help last night. There's a couple <laughs> of things to, to point out in particular. Not just that they didn't get help, but why they didn't get help. I'm angry. <laughs> it's the VGK Insider Show, live from T-Mobile Arena on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas, 98.9 FM and 1340 AM. I love game days. Just love game days. It's the best. You wake up in the morning, you know you're going to the rink. Some storylines around. You write your show. You walk into the office and morning skate. and Everything's buzzing. Yeah. Go home quick change maybe a nap just come up refreshed i'm a big game day fan it's fantastic and tonight we've got a critical one vancouver against vegas game 72 for the golden knights they will uh, be tied uh, for the most games played tonight uh, yep. after this one with the los angeles kings darren elliott my friend on the tv side mm-hmm. he'll be with me tonight uh, who's worked uh, the last three games on the radio with dan duva yep. looked at me today and went Vegas has a game in hand on somebody. <laughs> you're, you're just so used to that narrative yeah. of everybody else having played fewer games, but uh-huh. that's the reality tonight. Where we're counting, so this is a good lesson for everybody. Okay, Dallas has games in hand. Nashville has games in hand, and that's why you don't consider it an actual tie if they if Vegas wins tonight uh, with no, Nashville. No, I don't because it's not. Vegas has the game in hand on L.A. Mm-hmm. This is not a given tonight against Vancouver. I, I hope Vancouver rolls over and doesn't come to play. I hope that. that I don't, I'm not hoping anybody gets hurt. Uh-huh. I'm just hoping that the Vancouver Canucks play one of their poor games tonight. It's that would just make things easier. Too late to get back on positivity alley. But, but it's the the... Reality of it is, it's probably going to be a tough game. Yeah. And that's the game in hand. L.A. right now is, oh, they're playing Vancouver. Yeah. For sure they're going to they're, they're, they're gonna win. Much like the Golden Knights felt when Dallas went into yeah. Seattle. Yeah. So with those games in hand for Nashville and, and Dallas, it's not a sure thing. No. So keep, keep that in mind. That's it. Got no help last night. <laughs> Zero help last night. No. And it wasn't even that you didn't get help. Yeah. It's that you get teased along the way. A good friend of mine sent me a note mm-hmm. last night. Yeah, it was probably about five minutes into the second period. 
of San Jose and Edmonton. Yeah. And they said, I'm already mad at the San Jose Sharks <laughs> for giving me hope. <laughs> San Jose was leading at this point. <laughs> San Jose had the advantage at this point. Yeah. And it was one of the great. So, you know what I had to do is I'm watching the game. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I look at, the, at my feed and I make sure. I'm like, how did I get behind? Because a lot of times I'll go back and check a play, and I'll end up by the end of the game. I'll be end up four or five minutes behind the yeah the feed yeah. Well, no, I'm 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 caught up. What do you mean? Because I, I thought I thought he was saying something happened. something had happened. Sure. So then I go online, I'm refreshing, refreshing. It's still one nothing, uh, San Jose. Yeah. Like, what? And then I got it because he was saying for sure San Jose is going to end up somehow losing this game, and and I will have been suckered in. To, by thinking that San Jose was going to find a way to beat Edmonton. It was a pretty good line. Uh, and But the the worst part about that game was that it was a shorty that, that got Edmonton back into it. And then you go to the Dallas game against the New York Islanders. What do the Dallas Stars do? Score a shorty to make the difference uh, in the game. Mm-hmm. I was like, don't, don't just take the points away from me or have the points counter the team that I'm cheering for but don't do it by by a shorthanded goal and two of them last night I was uh, I was not happy and the uh the other game like there was there's no real doubt in that one the the Nashville game no and where do we see that coming with Minnesota on such a rule um yeah I don't know I I that thought, was a nasty thought, game by the way I thought Minnesota <laughs> Was going to be fine, and then uh, I, I very quickly at the end of the first period, before we signed off yesterday, said, "Yeah, like let's just scrub my prediction for Minnesota. It's clearly Nashville. They're going to win this game, and they did. And then the Dallas Stars doing what the Dallas Stars do, just when you think you've got them figured out and thinking that they're playing poorly and not going to be very good, uh, they play well and they win. So I don't ever ask me again." for a prediction on Dallas or Nashville. I don't know. Like, they're they're the two biggest enigmas in hockey, and the Golden Knights are in a race with two giant enigmas down the stretch. It's very weird. Nashville and Minnesota was a fist fight. Yeah. It was one giant fist fight. If if people are scouring Twitter or the, uh, the Internet, <clears throat> yep. there's a great picture of Nick Delorier. At the podium post game, yep. And he's got two black eyes, and he's got a couple of scratches on his cheek, and he's talking about how that team uh, it, it'll bounce back. They're in it. They're good. He's talking positively, and here's a guy in not even game like seventy five of the regular season, not game two of the second round of the Stanley Cup playoffs, not in the Stanley Cup final. He's got two black eyes, and. Given her the positive, Nick Deloria, he could be a positive in the alley uh, with that kind of performance. But there was there are some good scraps in that game. So it, that game was awesome because it made me want to see Nashville, Minnesota in the playoffs. Right, like it, it was one of those games where you look at it and you say, seven games between these two teams with with the level of intensity we saw in a regular season game. Give me all of that. Give me a playoff series. Uh, so all I can hope for now is that the St. Louis Blues kind of fall back to earth a little bit. The Nashville Predators go on a bit of a run because I want to see Nashville, Minnesota in first mm-hmm. round. I, I really do. That's where I'm at. You know, the old uh, the Nor- Norris Division used to have some some real doozies. 
that's the the central division now. Yeah, and it's moved a, a little bit uh, towards the uh, towards the west. But it like St. Louis and Chicago. What was that the St. Valentine's Day massacre? <laughs> <laughs> Where they like <laughs> just penalties on penalties, yeah. like yeah. scary stuff. Well, St- stuff where, where if it happened now, I- I'm not sure I wouldn't be watching through my fingers with my hands over my face. Not you, it was, it, and, and I like the rough stuff. Yeah, yeah. But it it got uh, nasty uh, in some of the whenever they they flash back on on games, the 1988 St. Valentine's Day massacre, the let's relive the moment between the Chicago Blackhawks yeah. and the St. Louis Blues. My that that game for me was obviously the uh, the Colorado Avalanche Detroit Red Wings brawl Claude Claude Lemieux we we all remember Patrick Waugh sprinting out there I think we just passed one of the anniversaries for it uh, that game to me is kind of the one that that springs front of mind when I'm when I'm thinking of rough and tumble intensity pure hatred on the ice mm-hmm. that's the one I, I circle back to you you brought up something that's that's interesting. Patrick Waugh mm-hmm. going out and, and fighting. Yeah. He he wasn't a big scrapper or big penalty minute guy. No. There was a, there was a great piece in The Athletic today. Okay. And I, I want to give them uh, them credit for this because it was it was a really creative uh, type of, uh, uh, I think it was Down Goes Brown uh, that did it. Almost always. Yeah. And and it was talking about penalty minutes. It was talking about records that uh, that will never be broken. Okay, uh, right. ten records because Jonathan Huberto's record for most assists by a left winger, uh, uh, he established that broke uh, uh, Joey Juno's record okay. uh, from uh, he's a rocket scientist. Joey Juno too. Uh, that's the impressive part about him. <laughs> and he scored seventy assists uh, as a left winger in, in the National Hockey League. But he was mm-hmm. talking about different uh, different records that would never be broken and talked about penalty minutes by goaltenders okay who holds the most penalty minutes by a goaltender in the national hockey league i want to say it's ron hextall right who's number two on that list billy smith no oh ron hextall <laughs> who's who's number three on that list ron hextall exactly okay all right yeah. all right uh just but it was ron hextall had three seasons, <laughs> three his first three seasons in the NHL, yeah, had over a hundred penalty minutes. It's <laughs> a little fantastic. Last oh. year, I know it was a fifty-six game schedule, but if they eventually got over a hundred penalty minutes, mm-hmm. the leader, mm-hmm. it was just over. <laughs> that <laughs> and Ron Hextall, his first three years, yeah, had over one hundred. Penalty minutes. It's fantastic. Uh, people like uh, Patrick, I think Patrick was most was 39 or something, and 31 of them was in that brawl. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. In, in, in that one game. Uh, it just, it, it wowed me uh, when I saw it. And even people like uh, Eddie Belfour. Yeah. Never really had that, like, crazy years of penalty minutes. He had the odd outburst uh, in, in, in a game, but not... Not a lot of penalty minutes. The only person that has over 100, only goaltender right now, mm-hmm. that has over 100 career penalty minutes, which would be in the range of one of Ron Hextall's years. One of his seasons. Yeah. You know who it is? Um, Got to think he's, he's been around for a while. 
I mean, you're really good at this stuff, too. I, I, I have to give you credit. I throw this stuff at you, and you're all over it. I, I'm going to have to go with Mike Smith. It is. Yeah. It is. It's interesting. Two of the best punters. <laughs> and two of uh, the, the, the great hotheads. I love it when Mike Smith loses it every now and then. That's gets, fun. Gets right into her. Yeah, it's fun. And uh, and looks at it. But uh, that's uh, uh, a fun one. In the salary cap era, Ray Emery uh, mm-hmm. had the had the most penalty minutes in a game, but but very few. Like what does I don't even know whether we have it, whether they even list it. The goaltenders tonight in the game, how many penalty minutes? Logan Thompson doesn't have any. Brassois doesn't have any, and Leonard has ten. Ten pims. And Thatcher Demko has two, two and Yaroslav Halak has two. So Robin Leonard, he's the most penalized goaltender in this game. Where do you get the ten? I don't know. I mean, remember I remember when he threw, he took off his mask, but he didn't get ten. It must have been. I, I think we're looking at five minors over the course of a season. I don't remember him getting a lot of minors. It happens. I, I, I know, but I don't like. You think that if he got five minors? Oh, oh, was the 10? Oh, the 10, the 10 must when have been, he took his mask Must on. have been the, the New Jersey game. Yeah. It had to have been. Because he's five minors. He's played 39 games. You think I that would stick out with us, yeah, uh, well. to us uh, a, a, a little bit more? You never know. So, so he has 10. Yeah. Ron Hextall was like 125, 130, three years in a row. He was a wild, wild guy. Yeah, a little bit. Even, like, from the youngest of young. When he was 16 at Brandon Wheat King Camp, he challenged the entire Regina Pat bench to a brawl. Like, what the heck is that all about? By the way, Robin Leonard, you are correct. All 10 penalty minutes came on December 16th against the New Jersey Devils. Nice. Thank you uh, for that uh, fact checker and voice of the fans, one Chris Chapman. Uh, Let's take a break. When we come back, we've got our play of the day, which does relate to one of the three games that we just talked about. And in hour number two, we'll bring you some sound from today's media session. And we'll also dive into uh, news and notes uh, from around the National Hockey League. It's the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas. No chance to shoot for Stevenson. Centered. Eichel scores! It's time for the play of the day on the VGK Insider Show. Oh, the Edmonton Oilers were up against it last night against the San Jose Sharks. They trailed. They didn't have Leon Dreisaitl in the lineup, and it was late in the third period. They found a way to tie it and get the game to overtime when the goaltender turned playmaker Mike Smith did this. Here's McLeod streaking in, and a save made on a redirect by McDavid. Paddled away from McDavid by Reimer. That creates an on-man rush. Kocher dishing off, burns a shot, speared by Smith, smacked down low. It's a breakaway to win it in overtime. McDavid scores! Connor McDavid from Mike Smith, the winner in overtime! That's Jack Michaels from the Edmonton Oilers uh, broadcast on Sportsnet. I wasn't a big fan of his call when he did radio, but I kind of came around to it yeah. and now i'm a big fan a, a great huge call. fan of uh, of jack michaels uh the way it rolls a little bit but it was mike smith <laughs> who made the save yep. and then he's a great puck handler but this was a different uh, scenario where he kind of shoveled it on the backhand just up ice to an area 
And Connor McDavid turned on the Jets, and Danny went and scored and broke our hearts. So, like, it's it's great awareness for Mike Smith. Obviously, you're in overtime. You're you're giving yourself a chance. You, he you know, always does that. Never freezes yeah. the puck in and, overtime. And I, nor should you as a goaltender, especially one that handles the puck as well as Mike Smith does. Uh, but the it's it's a one-handed shovel. Like yeah. like that's the thing, right? Like oftentimes you'll see goaltenders use both hands, and and they'll get some sauce on it. They'll get some some steam. But not the case with Mike Smith. It was drops it one-handed to an area and the puck just kind of takes the right roll, right trajectory and you've got Connor McDavid who's off to the races. He's not going to get caught. And my favorite part of this and Chapman, you should probably already know where I'm going. Um failing to catch up to Connor McDavid on the back check and watching the puck go in is Brent Burns. <laughs> yeah, he got burnt on that play. Yeah, yeah, Darren, uh, it was really good that you put his jersey on last night because he made a great play there. All right. Name anybody that's going to catch Connor McDavid. Nobody. It's just fun. Yeah, it's just fun because we get to pile on you for saying that he was a better defender than Eric Carlson. You know the best part about that, that play, or the most impressive part about the Connor McDavid play, is he had a chance before that. You heard Jack Michaels call it. Mm-hmm. And so Connor had to bust his butt to get back mm-hmm. on the back check. Smith makes a save. Then he turns around and goes the other way. Remember before we talked about running from this set over to my TV set through the castle Mm -hmm. and how difficult that would be? Sure. That's what Connor did. He did 200 feet one way, 200 feet the other. Yeah, I'd still argue that Connor McDavid could have done that seven or eight more times at full speed. Well, he, he could do it seven or eight more times. He'd still be first, but he wouldn't be able to do it so fast. Who holds the NHL record for most points by a goaltender? As as our good friend Mike Smith sets up that play last night. Is it Tom Barrasso? It is. How do you know that? Wow. Because I've looked it up before. Mike Smith, that was that was his 21st career assist. Uh, Tom Barrasso leads with 48. One ahead of Martin Brodeur and Grant Fear. Ron Hextall, who scored a lot of goals, is eighth all time. Hexy's getting into the show a lot. Yeah, he is. Hour number two is coming up as we broadcast from T-Mobile Arena on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show.